Good morning. My name is Tom Short. Welcome to our time of daily word and prayer. So glad to have you along in the Saturday morning, May 15th. So it's wonderful that you are here. If you're new, make sure you hit the subscribe and you join us every day because we're here every day. And we believe that being in the Word of God every day and being in prayer every day makes a difference in us. It transforms us from the inside out. So we're glad whether you're here for the first time or you're coming back again and again, I hope you'll join us every day. On Saturdays, I like to read from a story from my uh, book, Taking to Their Turf. And if you don't have a copy of it, then I urge you to just write to us at my website, Tom. The Preacher, or you can just write Tom at TomThePreacher.com, request a copy. We'd be glad to send it to you and uh, help get this word out. But uh, my book called Taking to Their Turf, as I've explained before, is that the belief that I have, one of my life callings, is that we take God's word to the people. We don't expect them just to come to us. Jesus said, go. And so we figure out ways to do so. And I've been doing this on the college campus now for 40 years where I've been taking the gospel to the people. And I, what I do is I, I speak, I preach open air outside, usually with no crowd to start, and we gather a crowd and, um, and usually speak for hours each day. Here's a story of a time I was in Germany, and I was preaching the gospel in Germany at the University of Cologne. Are you ready? Here we go. The University of Cologne is one of the largest universities in Germany. It was founded in 1388. Wow. Remember, it was 1492 that Columbus sailed the ocean blue to America. So this was 100 years before that, 1388. My friend and host, Daniel Gehring, speculated that I may have been the first person in those 600-plus years to have publicly preached the gospel on that campus. And that's what we did. Speaking publicly about religion isn't common in the German culture, and even less so as Germany has become more secular and atheistic. It was so difficult, or so different, that students didn't know how to respond. But one fella began to loudly heckle me. I figured he must have studied in the U.S. where he learned students are supposed to heckle preachers. I'm not sure what made the students more uncomfortable. My preaching or his rudeness toward me. It didn't take long for a young man to stand up and strongly rebuke the heckler right in his face. I couldn't understand the German. He was speaking in German. I couldn't understand the German, but I could tell by the body language who was getting the best of this confrontation. Soon, like a dog with its tail between its legs, the heckler retreated and my defender urged me to keep right on speaking. When I concluded, we talked personally. He was so excited I had been preaching on campus, preaching God's word on campus. He informed me that he believed in God, a rarity among German youth. He said, and that he was actually studying theology. There's just one problem, he said. Maybe I didn't understand your English properly, but it sounded to me like you were saying you believe Jesus physically rose from the dead. That's exactly what I believe I said. <laughs> well, that can't be, he chuckled. And in typical German thinking, he added, that wouldn't be rational. No miracle can be explained rationally, I explained. That was, that's what makes it a miracle. It can only be explained by an act of God superseding a natural or rational explanation. 
He thought about it for a while and seemed to agree. However, he was not convinced. Of course, whether or not it makes sense to whether or not it makes sense isn't really important because the Bible never says he physically rose from the dead anyway. Yeah, it does, I said. Where? he asked, quite sure he could prove my claim wrong once we looked into the Bible. I turned to Luke 24, verse 39, where Jesus appears to the disciples and said, See my hands and my feet, that as I myself touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. He was shocked. The Bible said that. His spontaneous reply was an incredulous, what translation are you reading from? When I read from the New American Standard Bible, which was, he was not familiar with. But Daniel had a copy of the Luther Bible, a translation Germans know and respect. We turned to Luke 24, 39, and as he examined the passage, his eyes grew bigger and bigger in amazement. Then it struck me. Here was a German, a young German man, unashamed to say before his atheistic peers that he believes in God, and he was studying theology in the university. Yet, this was the first time he had ever met a person who actually believes Jesus physically rose from the dead. While he was still processing this new information, a scary thought entered my mind. Are American youth very far behind the Germans in embracing secularism and unbelief? We have a fast-growing number of nuns, N-O-N-E-S, those who claim no religion and no specific belief in God, who are affecting the faith of young evangelicals. The postmodern idea that truth doesn't matter as long as something is meaningful to you is also, has also infiltrated our Christian worldview. How long might it be before young evangelicals on our side of the ocean are shocked to meet someone who actually believes in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. Truth matters. Christianity is not really based on faith. It's based on having faith in the truth. Germany was once the nation where the light of God's word shone most brightly. Martin Luther ignited the Reformation in 1517 when he nailed the 95 Theses on the church door in Wittenberg and called the church back to the authority of God's word. But in the 1800s, the universities in Germany embraced higher criticism, which deconstructed the Bible and destroyed the faith of many. Cut off from the steady rudder of God's word, the German people were ripe to believe anything. Ideas have consequences, and the rejection of God's word led to, the terrible, led to terrible consequences. Today, Germany has built a strong economic engine and is a prosperous nation, but spiritually, the people are still lost and in great need of the gospel. I fear America is following in the same steps as Germany and being led into false teaching by an educational establishment that serves as the priest of secular humanism. Might that never be. Let us pray and work to reclaim our churches, our youth, our schools, and our nation with God's unshakable truth. Well, it's really true, my friends, what we see happening over there, and I've often thought that America seems to be not far behind Europe 
in going the wrong direction in life. And indeed, um, as I've been in college ministry, I'd seen many, many ministries shrink in size, high school ministries, college ministries that were once large and thriving are, are now weak and, and um, small and have lost that confidence, that boldness. I think a lot of it does have to do with that education system. And a lot of it has to do that we as Christians have got to be teaching our youth what is true, not just what feels good, because they're hearing this all along. The truth is determined by feeling. Or we even have truth is determined by your ethnicity. Or truth is, you know, if you're, if you're white, this is your truth. If you're black, this is your truth. Or if you're Muslim, this is your truth. Or if you're Hindu, this is your truth. Or if you're Christian, this is your, that's just your truth. No, no, truth supersedes us because there's a God. Truth comes from God. It, 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 it's not housed in us. It's above us. We must submit to the truths of God. We can't make up our own truth. We can have our own opinions. There's some things that we can say it's just a matter of my opinion, but that's certainly not truth. And religion, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the identity of Jesus Christ, these things are based on truth. Either it's true or it's not. Either he rose from the dead or he didn't. Either he is the son of God or he's not. Either he died for our sins or he didn't. And if he did, then these things are true whether you believe them or not. It's not just an opinion. It's a matter of do you believe what's true or not. Believing it doesn't make it true. Believing Christ died for our sins is not what makes it true. It's true whether you believe it or not. Believing he rose from the dead is not what makes it true. He rose whether you believe it or not. And so we've got to get back to teaching our youth the truth and then giving them the, back, the backbone, the spine, the courage, the boldness to stand for that truth. Because let me tell you, we are losing the next generation. And to a great deal, we already have. To a great degree, we already have. And so we need to pray for this. I'm praying for myself. I've been off the campus this year as the pandemic and the students haven't been out. To, you know, we, we, we gather crowds. We have events on campus. And uh, th those basically have not been permitted and the students haven't been out there anyway. But boy, I'm looking forward to getting back because we are in an ideological battle and, and ideas have consequences. And personally, I want to fight for the souls and the minds of the next generation as both individuals and as a group and for our country. Amen? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we want to come to you today with a special prayer for the next generation, the young people of our country today. We are grieved as we see declining youth groups all over the country, as we see college groups and high school groups and middle school groups that, that once were large and thriving and are now, Lord, uh, small and weak. We ask, God, you to raise up bold, courageous, raise up Daniels, Lord. Men like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, men who'd be willing to go into the fiery furnace or stand in the lion's den because they would not deny their God. They would not bow to a false idol. We pray, oh, Father, that you use so many young people. You brought revivals through young people in our American history. You brought revivals through, Lord, you raised up many young people in the Scripture, whether the disciples, Joshua was a young man, Caleb. Well, I guess he was older, Lord, but Joshua was a young man originally when he, when he was serving Moses and said, let's go. Lord, there's so many of them. David, when he slayed Goliath, was a young man. Gideon, when he delivered them from the Midianites, was a young man. Jeremiah, when he preached, was a young man. Timothy, 
Let no one look down on your youthfulness as a young man. Lord, we ask you to raise up a new generation of young people who will, who will do battle for you, who will know what they believe and stand firm in the truths of God. Lord, we are grieved as we see a nation like Germany where, where so, many, so few people would even have even met someone. Lord, I think of when I was there and, and, and I'd asked, I've asked different people, You're, do you even know anyone your age who believes in God? And routinely they say no. We pray, oh God, break through this demonic stronghold of secularism. Break through the demonic stronghold of, of the sexual revolution, pornography, and immorality that has bound the hearts, minds, and souls of so many youth today. Break through, Lord, the bitterness they have towards blaming you for problems they've had in life. Lord, break through the victim mentality that just wants to be angry. Break through with the grace of God, the gospel of God, the good news of the gospel, the truth of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Give this next generation hope and raise up spokesmen and men and women amongst them who will be mighty evangelists to their peers, we pray. We ask it. This would be a miracle. We need your power for it. We pray for it in Jesus' name. Lord, use us, some of us who are older, to, to give inspiration, to inspire, to teach, to train, to coach. Let us unleash them, unleash them as well and not stand in their way, but let them run wild in the things of God. And thus we pray today. We ask, we ask for our own children and our own grandchildren to be mighty in spirit, mighty men and women of God. Oh, Lord. Have mercy on our country. Overcome evil with good. Raise up mighty men and women for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thanks for joining me. Hey, by the way, if you, you know, this whole question with this guy in Germany who didn't know anyone who believed and understood and had answers, um, on my website, if you're here today, you, you can look below, and we have a section, Frequently Asked Questions About Jesus, FAQs About the Bible, FAQs About God. And I answer in five minutes or so questions that people have and that they're asking. And I encourage you to take advantage of those resources. Pass them on to your young people. We've got to help them understand that our, our Christianity isn't based just on our feeling or just on our faith. It's based on the truth. We have answers, so we want to be giving them to people. Thanks for joining me. Make sure if you're new, you subscribe, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the notify button, leave a comment, let me know who you are, where you're from. I always like to know, know and pass this on to your friends. And again, if you've not got a copy of my book, make sure and write us. Go to my website, tomthepreacher.com, and um, request a copy, and we'd be glad to send one to you. You have a blessed day. Make it a great day. Walk with the Lord in the power of His Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.